Good morning. It is uh, Thursday morning. Parshat Kitetze. Last night when we were finishing the class, we, we actually focused most of the class on King Solomon and uh, and his actions in in marrying many wives and in marrying the daughter of uh, of Paro, specifically on the night of the inauguration of the Benhamik of the Benhamik Dash, uh, trying to understand uh, his motives, and uh, we stopped as we were beginning uh, uh, the Perashav Kitetze. So we're going to go back to the beginning of Kitetze, and we'll start this class. So it's completely on Kitetze La Milchama Aloi Vecha. So the the pasuk tells us ki la milchama al oivecha when you go out to war against your enemies v'natenu Hashem elokecha beyadecha and Hashem is going to deliver them into your hands and the pasuk goes on to tell us that you're going to capture the people and you're going to see among its captives eshet yifatoar a woman a beautiful woman a person's going to desire her take her for a wife. And the Torah goes on and gives us specific rules. So you have to bring her into your house. You shave her hair. You let her nails grow or you cut her nails. She shall remove uh, the clothing uh, that she came with. Uh, and uh, she's going to sit in your house and she's going to cry for her mother and father for a full month. Then you can uh, marry her and live with her and she can be a wife. So we've discussed this in the past from many different angles. Uh, we discussed this on the on the simple level to uh, to show the the, uh, the humanity, if we can put it, of the Torah in a time when uh, when the wars of war, what the rules of war were were barbaric at best. We looked at it from the point of the soldier going to war. Is this righteous? Is this Sadiq, this righteous person? How could he fall to this? And we discussed uh, what the rabbis taught us about, and the Arizal taught us about freeing the souls of the Goyim, and his soul is attracted to her soul, and that's why we have to be sure that it's not a physical attraction, it has to be a soul attraction. Tonight we're going to look at it from a different point, a point that really affects each and every one of us today on our own. It's uh, based on the Arizal, who echoes the words of the Zohar Hadash. The Arizal specifically says the Eshet Yafatoa represents the Neshama, the Neshama Ketusha, the Holy Neshama, that is being held captive by the physical body. This Neshama is clothed in a hostage's garments formed by the Averot, by the sins of man. And during the Yerach Yamim, the month, which is the month of Elul, a person has to cry out. She cries for her mother and father. Cry out in Teshuvah over the sins that a person did in order to free that neshama from the captivity of the Yetzir Hara and to remove the garment of her captivity. The Zohar Hadash goes on to explain that when a person sins, his neshama falls into captivity. For his sin causes his neshama in a way to abandon him. To remedy the situation, the Zohar Hadash says, A person brings the neshama to its proper place through teshuva. And with the idea of shaving the head, the nails, is, is to cleanse her and purify her of all the blemishes and the contamination. And then she shall sit in your house, which is your body. 
weeping for her parents for the entire month refers specifically, as we mentioned, to the month of Elul, during which each of us is obliged to lament our sins before Hashem, our Father in Heaven. For it was in this month that Moshe Rabbeinu, he went up to beg HaKadosh Baruch Hu for mercy in the aftermath of the sin of the Gegel. During Elul, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, uh, he accepted the Teshuvah and he forgave B'nai Israel. And we see that in Elul we have when Moshe came down with the second Luchot, which was on uh, Yom Kippur. So to understand the secret behind the months, because this month of Elul is sort of a special month, we have to venture back to Parshat Vayishlach, after Yaakov Avinu, he placates the wicked Esav. So remember that uh, he sees his brothers coming to him, he sends messengers in front with gifts, and he's bowing to his brother, and they come together and they hug various opinions, hug and kiss, various opinions of what was going on. But after, Esav seems to be okay, he's not going to kill his brother. And Esav says to Yaakov, Vayomer, Nis'a v'nelecha ve'elcha l'negdecha. He says, let's go on the journey, and I'm going to go with you at your pace. So he's going to accompany the camp of Yaakov going forward. He's offering his troops as protection, as a, an escort to, uh, to Yaakov. Yaakov answers him, Adoni. He says to him, Adoni Odea, my master knows, the children are, are, are frail. And the flocks and the herds, they're nursing. And if they're driven one day, all of the sheep will die. So he's worried that if he's going to go with his brother, he's expressing to him that it's going to be hard for him to keep pace with his brother. And if he tries to keep pace, all of the all of the sheep, everyone's going to die in a single day. He tells his brother, "Avor na adoni, lifne abdo. Please, my master, go ahead of your servant. Vani et nahala leiti laregel." He says, "I'm going to go at a slow pace." Hamelacha asher lefanai vilaregel yadim asher avor el adoni seira. So he says, I'm going to go at our own pace until I get to my master at Har Seir. According to the Sefer Sha'ar HaMelech, Yaakov Avinu alludes to the month of Elul with the specific words, Va'ani et nahala le'iti le'regel. He says, if we take those words, Va'ani, and he says, use the, t- take those letters, the Vav, the Aleph, the Lamed. And uh, he says, we come to the word Elul. We have, la- we have Vav, Aleph, Lamed, Lamed. And th- those letters form the word Elul. Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. And he conveys there that we cannot wait until, say, Rosh Hashanah or perhaps Yom Kippur to begin performing Teshuvah because the Yetzer Hara might overwhelm the person in the meantime and prevent him from performing the proper Teshuvah. This is implied by the statement that Yaakov makes that the children are tender and the nursing flocks and cattle are upon me. 
In other words, what Yaakov is saying, I have to concern myself with all the nishamot, even the young and tender. If we drive them hard for one day, they're going to die. If we delay the teshuvah until one special day, the yetzer hara is liable to hinder them from performing proper teshuvah. And as a consequence, the entire holy flock will die has v'shalom. Therefore, it's preferable to begin the process of teshuvah little by little during the month of Elul. The Menei Sachar, in the name of the Megale Amukot, learned from the Zorah Hadash that Yaakov Avinu and Esav, his brother, divided up the months of the year between themselves. Yaakov Avinu incorporated into the realm of the Kiddushah the three months of Nisan, Iyar, and Sivan. As we know, in Nisan, Menei Israel departed from Mitzrayim. Nisan is the first of the year, the beginning of the year, the beginning of our, our, of our being a people. In Iyar, during the days of Sefirah, B'nai Israel cleaned themselves up of all the spiritual impurities, their shortcomings, because they were anticipating receiving the Torah. And in Sivan, Israel received the Torah on Chag Shavuot and Har Sinai. So those are the three months that Yaakov took to himself. We correspond with that to Esav. And his intention was to take control of the three months that follow, Tammuz, Av, and Elul. And we know we often say when it comes to Tammuz, when it comes to Av, that those months are in the realm of the, the Samachmem, the angel of Esav. Esav was also happy because he realized that Elul fell into his lot. And this would prevent Bnei Israel from returning to Hashem via Teshuvah, during this month leading up to Rosh Hashanah, the Day of Judgment. So to prevent this calamity, Yaakov Avinu employed tactics to retrieve the month of Elul from the hand of Esav. He understood how important it is for Bnei Israel to perform proper Teshuvah during this critical month. If they want to be exonerated on Rosh Hashanah, if they want to have successful Yom Kippur, it all starts in Elul. This left Esav with only two months, the month of Tammuz and the month of Av. In truth, we might say that he was only left with 44 days through Tube'av. We say that Yaakov Avinu was able to draw back from Tube'av forward. There's others that say, no, he's only left with 22 days. Yaakov Avinu took everything else. What are the 22 days? These are the days of Ben Hamitzari. These are the days beginning with Shiva Asar Tammuz, and at the time which both Batim Mikdash, both of the uh, the Bet Mikdashes, were were destroyed. David HaMelech writes in Tehillim, Adonai I will exalt you, Hashem, for you have drawn me up. The word is interested. Ki Delitani, Delitani comes from the word Delit or doorway. So he says that this doorway that Hashem is drawing us up is the month of Elul. Thus, you have not allowed my enemies to rejoice. Who is he talking about? Who is Oyev? Oyev is the angel of the Samachmem. Is the angel Samachmem. He's the angel of Esav. So it's Esav below and the ministering angel, the Samach Mem, the Yetzir Hara above. They were elated when the month of Elul fell into their possession, thinking they would be able to prevent Bnei Israel from performing Teshuvah. 
Hashem, however, quashed their plans by helping Yaakov Avinu restore the month of Elul to the realm of Kiddushah. So we see that Yaakov Avinu, after he placated Esav by giving him the gifts, Esav insinuated to him. He said, He says, I'm going to go. Rashi comments, Since you wish to appease me, let's split everything up equally. Just as you took three months as your portion, allow me also to take three months. Give me back the month of Elul, which you confiscated from me earlier. Yaakov Avinu replies, The sheep and cattle, holy flock of Israel. He says, If they, if they go one day, if they're left only to Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, whichever it is, and all of the sheep will die. Because in one day, they can't make amends for an entire year. They need the time. So he says, He says, you go, take in front of your master. You take your months you have, Tammuz and Av. You take them. But he says, but I can't give away Elul. And he brings again the pasuk that we said, And the first letters there spell Elul. In other words, Yaakov Avinu is telling his brother, Listen, I took Elul, I'm not giving it back. Take Tammuz and Av. Go in front of me, take them. But I need the month of Elul because the children have to make amends and there's one day I can't do it. We can't do it. Ad asher avo el adoni se'ira until I come to my master in se'ir. Rashi explains what is he saying. This is a reference to the Mashiach. We say, uh, based on the Navi or Vadya, he says, and we say every day in El Tefilot, ve'alu moshim behal siyon l'shvotet ha'resav ve'ayta la'monaya melucha says, we have, this is the alluding to the time of the Mashiach, that we ascend Har Sion, just as Har Esav, and, and this is really relating to, to the Mashiach. So what we're saying here is that we're alluding to the fact that in the merit of the Teshuvah, that B'nai Israel will perform during the month of Elul, then we're going to be able to come to Har Seir, meaning we're going to have a complete ge- Geulah. And, and this is this is depends on depends on on what's go, what what goes on in Elul. In the Gemara, the rabbis tell us Gedolat Teshuvah. So Teshuvah is so is so great that what does it do? It brings quickly the Geula. So now we have to explain why the wicked Esav was okay to relinquish the month of Elul to Yaakov. Yaakov presented a legitimate argument for taking possession of Elul. He wanted to ensure that his children would have the opportunity to perform <coughs> proper teshuvah <coughs> prior to Yom Hadin. Esav was a rasha, and from his perspective, Elul belonged to him. Yaakov took the first three months. So the next three, concluding with Elul, belonged to Esav. Why would he agree to relinquish the month to Yaakov instead of fighting it? Furthermore, if according to the division of the months, Tammuz, Av, and Elul legitimately belonged to Esav, how did Yaakov manage to extricate the month of Elul, which wasn't rightfully his? In truth, we should understand that really all 12 months of the calendar year belong solely to the realm of Kiddushah. After all, 
Chazal, our rabbis, taught us a fundamental principle. Kol Everything that Hashem created in His world, He did not create except for His glory. The twelve months of the year were only created in the merit of who? The twelve Shabbatim. And we say, and we see in the in the Midrash, it brings that Eliyahu took twelve stones, the same as the number of tribes of Bnei Israel of the children of Yaakov. And it quotes there that everything Hashem created, He created, like we said, in the merit, not just of Kiddushah, but in the merit of the tribes. And brings specifically, based on the 12 tribes, we have 12 months in the year, we have 12 signs of the zodiac in the heavens, we have 12 hours in the day, we have 12 hours at the night. Hashem said, even the heavenly inhabitants and the earthly inhabitants, I only created in the merit of the Shivatim. So if we think about this, it's difficult to understand how Ezzav was able to seize any of the months on his, in, into his own dominion. It appears we can explain the matter based on a revelation of the Khatam Sofer. He explains the rationale of having Yaakov and Ezzav born as twin brothers. Remember that Yaakov and his descendants were meant to be a people of Kohanim, a holy people. It was the destiny of the children of Yaakov to learn Torah, like we can compare to Yisachar. Esav and his descendants, on the other hand, represented the nations of the world. They were destined to fulfill the role of Zevulun. It is their task to support Yaakov and his descendants so that they could serve Hashem and study Torah in peace of comfort. With this in mind, the Chatab Sofer explained why Hashem arranged for Esav to be the firstborn rather than Yaakov. He compares it to the blessings given to Zivulun and Yisachar. It's interesting, even though Yisachar is the one who studies Torah and Yisachar is the older, the blessing to Zivulun goes first. The same way when Moshe Rabbeinu blesses the tribes, the blessing to Zivulun goes first. He says that Zivulun should be Zemach Zivulun. He says, uh, He says that Zivulun should be, should be joyed in its, uh, in its going out because they're the supporters of the Torah. They're the supporters of their brother Yisachar, who's the pillar of Torah. Therefore, Hashem arranged for Esav to be born the Bechor. He would have been the proper it would have been the proper order really for Esav to fulfill his role in the service of Hashem and this is what Yitzchak wanted he wanted Esav to have the blessings of the physical blessings of the world in order that he should be the one to support his brother the problem was that Esav he rejected his role he refused to support Yaakov Avinu and therefore Yaakov had to replace so to say he had to replace Esav with Zevulun and Zevulun would support the Torah, his brother Yisachar. This explains why Yaakov took the brachot from Esav and declared to his father, Anochi Esav bechorcha, I am Esav, your firstborn. What was Yaakov telling his father when he was saying this? I am now the person who has to fulfill the role of Esav. Remember we discussed that now Yaakov basically is fulfilling the role of Yaakov and Esav. He's the two. So Yaakov Avinu had to take these two roles because Esav rejected his role. He chose to align himself with the Yetzir Hara, with the Samach Mem. 
And together they oppose B'nai Israel, and they strive to prevent B'nai Israel from serving Hashem. Therefore, Esav no longer deserved taking the months of the year. The fact that he succeeded in taking control of the period of Ben HaMetzarim during the months of Tammuz and Av was entirely due to what? To our own transgressions. We had an unbelievable opportunity. We mentioned that every month should have been a holiday. Shiva Sad Tammuz, when Moshe came down with the Ten Commandments, should have been a beautiful holiday. Instead, because of the golden calf, it became a day of tragedy. We took the great energy, we reversed the polarity, and we turned it into something against us. The same is on Tisha B'Av. It should have been the day that the Miraglim, the scouts, returned to Moshe Rabbeinu. And we should have said, okay, we're going into Eretz Yisrael. And what did we do? We rejected Eretz Yisrael. We rejected Moshe. We rejected Hashem. And what happened because of that? Again, we took this great day with tremendous energy, reversed the polarity. So there should have been a holiday in each of those months. And what did we do? We reversed them and we gave the power of those months to, we gave the power of those months to Esav, to the the Samach Mem, to the dark side. It says, that's entirely due to our transgressions and that caused the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash. So when... Esav was placated by Yaakov. He understood this. He didn't battle with Yaakov over the month of Elul. He was satisfied at this point that he was at least able to get the months of Tammuz and Av enabling him to destroy the Bet HaMikdash. Based on this, we can begin to comprehend the magnitude of the battle waged by Esav's ministering angel, the Yetzer Hara. He wages this battle every year trying to prevent B'nai Israel from performing Teshuvah during this month of Elul. Because in the mind of the Samach Mem, in the mind of Esav, this Elul rightfully belongs to Esav, but was taken by Yaakov deceitfully. Therefore, the Samach Mem endeavors with all its power to return the month to its rightful owner. How? By preventing B'nai Israel from utilizing the month and performing Teshuvah. Nevertheless, it's incumbent upon us to fight back with all our might. We don't want to fall into the category described by the Gemara, Ezehu Shoteh, who is a fool, the person who loses that which he was given. Instead, what do we have to do? We should put the wonderful gift given to us by our father Yaakov Avinu to good use. He battled Esav Harasha on our behalf. All his might he extended in order to grab back this month of Elul that Esav had stolen so that we would have the opportunity to fix our ways during this auspicious month, that we would perform Teshuvah before Hashem over everything we did in the past year. And this really alludes very nicely to the, to the narrative of the battle between Esav's angel and our forefathers Yaakov. It is written in Pashat Vaishlach, says that, that Yaakov remained alone. A man wrestled with him until the dawn. And he saw he couldn't overtake him and he hit him in the kaf He hit him in the, the ball of the thigh bone and it became dislocated. And Yaakov, uh, at that point, that Yaakov, during the fight with Yaakov, and we find the Gemara tells us, it takes the word Vayavik 
and it's, it, 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 it takes the word avik to avak, meaning dust, wrestling to dust, and it says the dust from that battle went all the way up to the Kisei Kabod. We could explain this based on what the Sifat Emet brings. He says, you should know that Hashem, Hu Elokim, he brings from Tehillim, Deuki Hashem Hu Elokim, Hu Asanu Velo Anachno Amo Veson Marito. This is a pasuk from Tehillim. We say it every single day in Mizmor Letoda. And it's interesting because if you see this, this, this verse in Tehillim, it says, You should know that Hashem is Elokim, Hu Asanu, He made us, Velo Anachno. And it's Velo Lamad Vav in the way we say it in our Tefilot. And to Him we are. To Him we are. But the problem is, in the Tehillim itself, it's written as Velo, law with an Aleph, meaning not. So a person has to be very careful to read it, Velo with a Vav, that we're to him, and not Velo Anachdu. And we are not his people. We're inadequate to be his people. It's interesting the way David HaMelech, he writes it, Velo, we're inadequate to be his people. In the Tefillah, we change it to be Velo Anachdu. We are his people, where one, one means no, one means to him. Both, now, so, so the interesting thing is that the way the rabbis explain it is by recognizing that we inadequately serve Hashem and saying, because we're not so good, we're not deserving to be His people. Hashem says, wow, they're so humble. It brings them closer to me. And Hashem Himself changes it. We are His people. It's also interesting that the word law with a vav and the word law with an aleph, if we take the two of them, we have the four letters again that spell Elul. The name Elul teaches us that the essence of Teshuvah is to combine the process of we don't deserve to be His people to we are connected to Him, we are His people. By recognizing our, our lowliness, our inadequacies, we're driven to perform Teshuvah. And this brings us to Hashem. It draws us back. The numerical value also of Teshuvah is something to think about. The numerical difference between the word law with an aleph and law with a vav is five. Law with an aleph is 31. Law with a vav is 36. The difference is the number five, is hey, hey five. At Har Sinai, Israel became Hashem's people. That was a realization of we are, we are His people. Unfortunately, when we sinned, we changed the word law with a vav, meaning to Him. We diminished it by five, and we became to Lamed Aleph. We took away the hey, and we brought it to Lamed Aleph. We're not worthy to be His people. Therefore, Hashem gave us the mitzvah of Teshuvah. The word Teshuvah is Tashuv, return, the hey. This is a reminder that it's incumbent upon us to restore the value of the letter A. And we have to change the velo with an aleph that we're not, to velo that we are His, to be truly connected to Hashem. We also see this in Bereshit where it says, Ele todot Rashi says that Hashem created the whole world with the hay. This signifies that the purpose of creation is to restore the value of the letter hay so that we go from being 
velo with an aleph, not his people, not deserving to velo, that we're connected, and that should be what we strive for continually to fulfill the role as the people of Hashem. Accordingly, now we could propose the interpretation: Yaakov levador, Yaakov is fighting himself, and the dust comes all the way up to the heavens, as the rabbis say in the Gemara. And remember what it says in Gemara also, Gedulah Teshuvah. It's amazing, Teshuvah, the power of Teshuvah that rises up all the way up to Kiseh HaKavod. This motivated the ministering angel of Esav to wrestle with Yaakov. He was contesting the ownership of the month of Elul, the month designed for Teshuvah. It indicates that really was what was at stake the dust stirred up by their feet rose all the way up to the Kisiyakavod, the destination of Tifshuvah. And this is the, the implication of the Pasuk. And we see again, Bayad Kilo Yacholo. It says that the angel realized that he couldn't overcome him. But if you look at the word Bayad Kilo, Lo with an Aleph, Yacholo, he couldn't overcome him. The word law and the word law, meaning law with an aleph and law with a vav, appear here. And together, as we learn, they spell the word elul. In other words, Esav's angel recognized, he says, He couldn't take back the month of elul. It was beyond his power to prevent Yaakov from transforming the, the spelling law, law. Right? Law with an Aleph, Yachol Law. He couldn't turn the law. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't prevent Yaakov from turning the law into the law, meaning the law of no into the law of connection. Via Teshuvah during the month of the Elul. Therefore, he hits him where? In the, in the thigh, in the groin area. And what does that indicate? That he's trying to prevent. If I can't prevent Yaakov, I'm going to do everything to prevent his children, his offspring from performing Teshuvah during the month of Elul. So it's clear to us that our task is to cure Yaakov Avinu of his limp. How? By doing what his children should do and performing Teshuvah during the month of Elul, which Yaakov fought so hard to take back from Esav. To just conclude with one more thought, it's beautiful, the Bnei Zachar explains that the Pasuk, we say in Mishlei, Matzah Isha, Matzah Tov, one who found a wife found goodness and brings favor from Hashem. We could suggest that what is this idea of finding Isha? The Isha might, might relate, we could suggest, to the month of Elul. The zodiac sign of the month of Elul is Virgo. This is explained in Sefer Yetzirah. And we know Elul is, is a time of divine favor. In Elul, Hashem accepted Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah. He conceded to forgive B'nai Israel for the Chet HaEgel. Therefore, he instructed Moshe to come to the heavens during Elul to receive the second set of Luchot. Remember we say Moshe Rabbeinu went up the second time, Rosh Chodesh Elul. He comes down 40 days later, the, the second 40 days, which is Yom Kippur. So he says, this is the message of the Pasuk Matzah Isha. When a person is fortunate to find himself in the month of Elul, whose zodiac sign is this, this Isha, this virgin, this pure woman, Matzah Tov, then it is within his power to, va- to find and to reveal the good 
that it is appropriate for him to do and to discern the bad that he should avoid. He says, and therefore during this month, every Jew could take advantage of the divine favor, just as Moshe Rabbeinu did. Moshe Rabbeinu set up the system during this month and HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgave Israel. The Bnei Sahar goes further to explain the significance of the zodiac sign of Elul, this virgin. He indicates by means of Teshuvah, the Knesset Israel, the congregation of Israel, is renewing its marriage contract with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like a virgin. He goes, therefore, we could rejoice that we could better appreciate Hashem's allusion to this week's Berasha, which we always read in Elul. He says, when you're exhausting all of your resources in combating your enemy, who is your enemy? La milchama is an eternal war, a war that we continue with. He says, the ministering angel of Esav, that's all your oyevecha, your yetzer your forces, the negativity within you, the animal instinct within you. And what is Hashem saying? The Torah is guaranteeing if you come in Elul to battle, Hashem will give him in your hands. You release the captivity, the hostage, the Yetzir Haras stole from the realm of Kiddushah. You release them. Then the Torah says, You're going to see, he says, that among the captives during the month of Elul, this sign of the virgin, Eshet Yevatoar, he said, it represents the beautiful woman, Matzah Isha Matzatov. In Elul, we could appease Hashem through Teshuvah. We could cleanse ourselves of all the impurities, all the imperfections. But we have to realize the Yetzer Hara and its legions successfully, they, they try to prevent Yisrael from performing Teshuvah in Elul. And if they are successful, then this beautiful woman is taken hostage. And then the Torah implores us, we have to follow the example of Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu. We have to take the month of Elul, whose sign is the virgin, from Esav. Take it into your house. In other words, every aspect of our lives should reflect the ideology of Elul, the beautiful, pure woman of goodness. And by avoiding all excesses and physical desires, we could rectify all our transgressions through Teshuvah. And that's the idea of Hesira El Simla. You have to take her off her, her covering of the captivity. This is the, the clothing of the Samachmem. This is the clothing of the Yetzirara. This is what he does to try to take away and cry over the father or mother. This is the idea of doing Teshuvah during the month of Elul. And as the Zohar Kadosh explains, a person should cry during Elul remove themselves from evil. And afterwards, you could come after her and you marry her. This is the idea of reconnecting with Hashem. She's going to assist you in your efforts to serve Hashem. This is us renewing a relationship between us and our own souls. And this keeps in the notion of Matzah Isha, Matzah Tov, in the merit of the accomplishment we're going to deserve a Ketivah V'chatimah Tova, a year of Geulah and salvation. And we should see Bezrat Hashem, Mashiach, B'meravi, Amenu, Amen. Tizkul de Shanim Rabot, Neimot, Betovot. Shabbat Shalom, everybody.